Hey, ¿qué pasa, Calixico? Welcome back to the podcast. Like always, before we begin, I want to thank a couple of people. Um, first of all, I want to start with my friends here at Calexico Brewing Company for allowing me to record today's episode here. I really appreciate it. I uh, also want to thank all my anchor sponsors, Camilo, Jake, Edward Velasquez, um, Eddie Lopez from Root Creative, Norma Sierra Galindo, Sergio Tacos and Hot Dogs, serving the Imperial San Diego and Yuma counties with over eight years of experience. With Mexicali style hot dogs and taquizas, contact Sergio at 760-562-0057 or look for Sergio's Tacos and Hot Dogs on Facebook. I also want to thank Eric Reyes uh, from Amigo, Los Amigos de la Comunidad. Thank you for your sponsorship. Um, and yeah, um, today we have a returning guest. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to be back. Yeah, my, my guest today is Gonzalo Chalo Gerardo. Thank you for being here. And thank you for the invitation, man. It was it's great. I was looking forward to this. Last time we met, um, it was I was I was listening to the episode this morning. It was back in July of 2019. Wow, it's crazy. It was episode yeah. like 50 or something. Yeah, and I'm almost at 150, so it's it's been a while, and it seems like it's been even longer because of everything that happened. And, you know, that year or was it? Yes, it, towards the end of the year. Yeah, towards the end of the year. Yeah. That's when you know. We went through, <laughs> you know, it was crazy how, you know, things changed like it and, and, you know, drop of a, of a coin. And, and, um, I mean, when we, when we first talked was you had barely, not barely, but you were, you know, had become police chief. Um, you recently announced your, your, you know, plans to retire. So it's like, yeah. So that you, you have, you, you welcomed me in with an interview. I was, <laughs> I was probably like a year in, into it. Uh-huh. Uh, when you, because I took, I took, I was made, I was made the interim chief in February, in March mm-hmm. of 2018. I was given a contract December 2018, and so by I think the time you probably caught me was halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already had been a full time chief for about a year, well, about six months, and almost a, over a year as interim. heading the department. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's it's been a great ride, man. <laughs> I, I have no complaints. Uh, Calexico's political. Uh, as a chief of police, you know, you you probably a lot of people don't know you, uh, and a lot of people do know you since I'm from Calexico. So it was fun. It's yeah. been it's been really fun. I, so I was listening to the episode, and you know, you said that that you always wanted to be a, a police officer as a little kid. Um, you know, your dad was in the service. Um, you grew up like yes sir, no sir. Um, so has you know after you know this long career you know do you think that you would go back and tell yourself you know yeah you know be a police officer you know what most definitely uh it's a calling uh people don't understand it but you know being a police officer a firefighter or whatever a teacher it's something that you know you as a young kid especially in in law enforcement or in the public safety area mm-hmm. it's a calling that you want you want to do it i can't i don't think somebody can wake up you know, after graduating from college and say, hey, I want to be a policeman officer. I want to be a police officer or a firefighter now. It's it's you have it. I mean, this is not a to me, the way I look at it. It's not just a job. Uh, you got to take it as a career uh, because you're in public service mm-hmm. and you got to take the good with the bad. Um, and you have to be willing to know that you're going to see a lot more ugly stuff than than good stuff. And so you are exposed to a lot more than if you were, um, you know, doing something like working in a classroom where you're dealing with juvenile problems and trying to teach and 
worst case scenario, you get the ugliest of the ugliest, which is a school shooting or some kid hits you or, or some violence. Mm-hmm. With us, it's you're going to see violence all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to see tragedy most of the time. And so that's that's the difference. And and I mean, we I can't compare myself to somebody being in a war zone um, because I mean, my hats off to the veterans, you know, that are out there and, and veterans that have gone to war, especially combat veterans. Um, since my dad was one, I know how it affects them. I can't compare to them, but it's the closest to yeah. a, you know a police officer and a firefighter, somebody that works a. Uh, emergencies and responding ambulance crews is the worst of the worst. Mm. Yeah. So, but I would do it all over again, dude. I, I, I think the only thing that I would change though is finish and do my schooling sooner than trying to do it towards the end. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the only thing that I say uh, I should have done a little bit different. Uh, and I encourage people that I do that is get your education uh, out of the way because it's kind of hard to do it while you're. In, you know, you're now you're in charge of uh, your lieutenant, your sergeant, or your chief, and you're trying to finish your school. And I mean, I couldn't if I wouldn't want to. I didn't have to finish it, but mm. I it was something that I set my my goal to doing. And believe it or not, I'm almost done. I got a couple, two more classes left, and uh-huh. I'm done. Uh, COVID uh, really affected it. Uh, I think I would have been done had it not been for COVID because mm. I was moving along really good, and then COVID hit. And I'm not a real online person, so it's it's it just it, it's hard. I need I need the face to face interaction. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's not only y'all. I think a lot of the kids you know were affected by you know that online schooling. Yeah. You know, it was yeah, it was a year where like yeah, it was crazy how yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of kids. You know, you know, I saw a lot of kids struggle. My mm-hmm. kids, personally, my kid, my son struggled a lot online. Mm-hmm. And some of his friends struggled. Then a lot of other kids did very good. Uh, so it's online is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when you're trying to force it, um, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I took a, a couple of online classes and, you know, I, I think it was especially those classes were um, something that I enjoyed because it was an English class. Yeah, yeah. So you would just go in there and, you know, uh, join the discussion and, you know, turn in your work. But then I took an, a math class and that was like a, a big mistake because math is more... You need to see examples. You need to talk to the teacher, and you learn from other questions that other students are asking. So you know, there's things that yeah, like you know, you you can take online, but other things that you know you need to be be be, be present. And it depends on the teacher too. I mean, you might oh, yeah, have a professor sure. or a teacher in a high school level that I mean, he's bad teaching in person. Now you throw him in an online setting, and I mean, they, it's he's like you know that movie. Uh, like Ben Stein and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, Bueller, Bueller, you know, it's in monotone voice, no, doesn't know how to interact with the kids. And I saw it in some of my kids' classes. I saw it, you know, in our stuff too. It's like, you know, there's no interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way we are, man. I mean, so, but COVID did, did really mess us up. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, talking about COVID um, and, you know, policing and, you know, your career, like you started, was it like 30 years ago, more or less? It started in 1991 as a full-time police officer. I mean, like I said, uh, we go back to my history, 1984, uh, police explorer, uh, 1989, 90, police reserve, uh, 1991, full-time police officer. I, w- I went to the San Marino Sheriff's Academy, you know, class 105, honors are live, hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it just in case, you know, if, Somebody, I, if, somebody's, if somebody was listening to it, but... <laughs> Yeah, and then from on, I just kept on going up the ladder. I mean, worked investigations, worked different assignments. Uh, 
like and like I told you in the last podcast, my best assignment to this date that showed me, and I've never been a guy. I think I've been pretty you know you know humble guy. Was working the housing authority, man. That opened my eyes when I was when I had all these housing sites and had to go to the Pichoneras, had to go down to Ghost Town, had to go to La Garra, you know, the KGs areas and stuff like that. You know, it's like it, it taught me how to deal with people, how to learn, how to speak to people, and 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 not to uh, uh, you know go out there and and say, well, you know, everybody's a bad guy in the housing when mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, very good families yep. in the housing. And like I said, you have that 5% that you spend 95% of your time dealing with. But then you have the other 95% that are like excellent citizens. Mm. Um, so it made me, I think, brought me down to earth and say, hey, look, dude, uh, you're a cop, but you're not better than them. And you know what? They're great people. I mean, I remember I had to walk all the housing parts and I would get water, Jamaica, you know, <laughs> I mean, during the Christmas season, man, I, I remember it came to the point after my, cause I did it for three years at my third year, man, I, I did not want to get off and walk sometimes during Christmas. Cause everybody wanted to give, have me taste their tamales, have pozole, have menudo, hey, and buñuelos. Yeah. And I was like, man, I said, you know, it was good for me cause I would get to eat, but then they would ask me who, well, who's tamales? I heard you went go eat tamales over there. But you didn't accept the tamales from me. Well, it's because I've just eaten. And wow, well, you eat some. Then they, you know, oh, and then after they give you their food, they say, well, whose boo are better? Yeah. Mine or hers? And I was like, oh, well, I mean, they were a little bit different, you know. And, yeah. but, and they always wanted to put me in the, in the, in the predicament, in that position. I said, no, 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 no. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I it's, refuse. <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, growing up in Les Michonetta, that's something that I tell everybody, you know, you know, we're, we're like we were like a big family. Yeah. Till to this day, you know, you know, uh, my, some of my best friends are you know my friends from Las Pichoneras, yeah. and it's crazy that you know food was something that you know we know that we could you know we we always had somebody's house to go and yeah. you know have lunch or dinner you know hang out and you know their mom were always like hey I'm gonna come you know sit down and eat with us and like and that's something that I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I always appreciate you know. Um, one of the families, La Pola, you know, she was the one that, <laughs> she was the one that always, like, if we were hanging out her, uh, outside her house, like, she gave us something to, to you guys. Yeah. So. And it's, you know, it's funny that, you know, happened to you, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I lived that, you know, where they always offered me stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, wanted me to taste their food, wanted me to do this and that, and, and great people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, it, and like you said, it, like, it's just different people, different people. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially when, you know, Pichoneras, I think it's like 90-some apartments. Yeah. So 90, like, 92 mm-hmm. I think it was it's, it's their, I don't know if they maybe not they haven't added anything no so. I don't think so they added yeah. um some traders in the back I, I don't know if there's like a like a one of the maintenance traders probably I mean, no I think it's like a school oh okay or like a little daycare or something I, I drove right now when when you called me like yeah. I had a um, I came a little bit early so I had a chance to kind of like cruise around as, as the yeah. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't done it in a while and I was like you know I was driving around but yeah, they, they put a trailer in the back. I think it's like a daycare or like preschool oh, okay. or something like that. Um, but, you know, going back 30 years um, and then the, these last two, two and a half years, what changed, what changed, you know, from the beginning when you, as, you know, policing wise? Well, you know what? One of the things that changed that it, it really affected us older guys is the fact that the laws changed. So even before COVID, uh, you know, they had, they did AB 109, which was the a realignment, they call it. So now they let more people out of jail and they made the counties handle all this. Uh, more probation officers, more people did uh, their time in county jails. 
they're the the jails themselves are trying to downsize them because of overcrowding. Um, so they started with that. We didn't like it because nobody's going to prison. <laughs> and and you know what? Yeah, some people deserve to go to prison. Some people don't. But most of the people that do end up in prison is because they did something bad. So to me, when you start putting them in county jail, they look at it like, well, you know what? I'm going to go out and commit a crime because the consequence is not that bad. I'm not going up to state jail no more where it's tougher. I'm going to county jail. And if, and if he, the guy's a tough guy in the county system, he goes, he goes into the jail. He runs the jail. Mm. But, but if you send them up to a real prison, they're just a regular guy, you mm. know, unless they got, you know, you know the, connections their or- connections into the part of a, uh, of a prison gang. So it started with that. Then Proposition 47, 57 passed where the laws were now the bail stuff. And then the way used to be felonies became misdemeanors. Now you start doing a lot of site release. So to me, as a police officer, it's like we go through our jobs. We put people in jail for committing a crime. But the problem is now I feel bad for the victims because these people get released and then the victims see these people and they and these guys are, are, are jerks or I mean, not the guys, but I'm just saying the, the suspects or the subjects or the person that got arrested. They go by these people's homes and, and, and they go out there and make fun of them and, and they go and say, hey, look, man, I'm out of jail. I was I only spent two days in jail. Nothing's going to happen yeah. to me. Um, then COVID hits, dude. COVID had changed. COVID changed everything. So now COVID, the laws are uh Nobody, the, the state judicial council said nobody's going to jail. Uh, you know, only things that they're going to accept are violent felonies and domestic violence stuff. Everything else is, you know, zero bail, no bail, or you do site release. And they made it harder for us where the people that did go to jail, now I'm, we have to go first, go get a medically screened at the hospital, get a clear COVID test and take them to the jail. And then the jail can still refuse it. So when I have three officers and a sergeant working a patrol shift and I get two good arrests and they have to get COVID screen and COVID, I mean, you know, the hospital is, is, is their, their priorities are the public. Mm-hmm. Their priorities are not my officers going in there because, I mean, you got people that have COVID that are dying. And, and now my guys are spending three to four hours there in the hospital uh, waiting to get cleared, and then they go to the, so these guys are out of the city for four hours. Yeah. We had cases where people were out of the city for almost the whole shift, yeah. you know, and then to not get booked, you know, that made it really hard. So, when what we started doing, so since my jail, our jail here in the county, we can hold people up to six hours, we started putting them in there and holding them in there. And right at hour five and a half, we would release them. And these, these jerks would go out and say, Hey, tell my guys, see you tomorrow if you catch me. There, there were times, at least six, seven that I know, where we caught them, released them after five hours, and then we caught them again wow. right before the end of the shift, wow. doing the same thing, breaking into downtown. Yeah, I think that's one of the yeah one of the things I want to ask you, where you know that kind of falls into yeah. is that you know we have a lot of people complaining that you know we have a lot of break-ins downtown. Yeah. You have your arsons. You have, it, and it all goes. People don't realize that all this goes back to the fact that they're not being booked, mm-hmm. and the jail. I mean, they do book our arsonists, but we now we have four people doing it. So we rotate them. They get arrested. They come back out. You know, then then we go dry for for a good you know two three weeks, and then we get hit four days in a row. Um, but see, my thing too there is I it's it's we need to do more stuff. But also the victims and the people need to clean up their areas. So these guys don't go around 
burning, you know, bringing their own trash to burn. Mm. They go around and if they look at your yard and you have old tires and pieces of wood and pallets and stuff, they'll, they'll gather it together and then they'll come back later on and they'll set the fire and they'll leave. And so it kind of, you know, it's a little small kindling. And then they, they, when they're two blocks away, that thing starts catching on. And before you know it, now you have a whole fence. Yeah. Uh, some people have vegetation up against their fence. So I tell people, we our code enforcement in our office are going to say, hey, look, you need to clean up your backyard because even though, you know, it's not really your fault and our fault, but these guys are just yeah, gathering it's a, stuff. It's attracting to, them. To, to, you know, and so we've caught people. Um, but it's just, like I said, I mean, they're not going to prison. They're not going to jail. Uh, but my guys are out there. I mean, they, I mean, they take it very hard. They take it seriously because it happens on their shift. I mean, when you do that, you know, the, the, the shift sergeant, he owns that, that because we, we, myself and my lieutenant will give the guy a hard time. Mm. Hey, what'd you guys do all night? Sleep? I said, you guys got hit four times. We, we know they didn't sleep, but we throw it out there to try these guys, get these guys to go out there and do more. I mean, I'm shorthanded, dude. I have, I have three openings right now, probably four pretty soon. But we can't hire people. The the is not because the city doesn't have the money to hire them. It's because the candidates that are coming out of academies, you can't hire them because they won't pass their backgrounds. Mm. And that's the hardest thing that's going on right mm. now. I had a I had a kid that that um, came in after so many. Uh, I think he was there for four weeks. Comes in, he says, "You know what, Chief? I'm going to resign. I don't. I, this is not what I wanted to do." Right. I didn't think this, and he, I thought he was doing well. It surprised me, caught me off guard. But at the same time, you know, my hat's off to the, 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 the young man because he said, you know what? I don't want to do it after four weeks. Instead of me investing more money yeah. in him, more training on him, or him getting hurt or one of my officers hurt because the guy's mentally is not into the job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that you got to be mentally prepared. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, I think I had a friend that recently started working with you guys, um, Rangel. Yeah, that guy's great. And I'll tell you, it, one of the things is is I think it, with him is just the fact that he's a little bit older. Um, and I think that's one of the things I see him as something he's always wanted to do. I don't mm. know if he's told you that, you know. And so I think he has a good chance. I mean, he all he's got to do is go through the program. Do what he's got to be to do, pass probation, and you know that's it. I mean, the guy will continue doing it for the rest of his life or career, and he can retire after mm -hmm. after he reaches a certain age. Um, but I mean, I wish a lot of people, you know, when they're looking at becoming cops or deputies or whatever, is that they understand that you gotta want to do this, and you gotta understand that your family, your wife, your girlfriend, your know that you're gonna miss birthdays, you're gonna miss you know uh, anniversaries, you're gonna miss holidays, weekends. And that we can call you at any time. You can get hurt. You might not come home that day. Yeah. You know, you might end up in the hospital for a whole month or more. Or worst case scenario, you, you might die. You know, so it's it's one of those things that it's it's you know it's hard, dude. It's it's a hard career choice, and and you have to know and say, this is what I want to do, and I got to get it 100. But you need your family's backing. Mm -hmm. My family, my mom, my dad, even though my mom had Pobrecita got, you know, she was always praying. She still to this day prays for all the police officers. Every time she hears the, the siren, she gets, she thinks I'm on patrol. So she's like, ah, I kept, you know, she'll call me. ¿Qué pasó y las sirenas? I heard it. <laughs> mom, I'm in my office. You know, I didn't go, my guys took care of it. It was mm -hmm. just an accident or, you know, they were going to something, you know. Ah, es que oí mucho relajo. You know, and mom, I, I don't really work patrol anymore. I haven't worked patrol you know, since 2013, 14, but I do go out on patrol mm -hmm. once in a while. Um, 
because I'm a working chief. So I, I carry, a, I don't know, last time you saw me, I carry my, my camera, yeah. my body cam. Um, and, and so my mom still is, it's a calling. And, and like I said, people that are going to get into this, I think they should know and tell their family, look, this is the dangers. This might happen. And, but, you know, I'm promise you, I mean, I'm going to try my hardest <laughs> to come home every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, we, like even now for teachers, there's a shortage of teachers, there's a shortage of, yeah. of a lot of, you know, you know, professionals and, you know, f- for police officers, you know, the, you know, it's it's a big, big commitment because like you said, you might not come home that yeah. night. You know, it's but, I mean, and I tell people, you know, you know, Jose is like life's not guaranteed. God can take your life at any time. You, can, you know, I can go through a whole career. And nothing happens, and all of a sudden I decide to, you know, walk across the street, and here comes a truck and runs me over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be at a restaurant, somebody, some drunk driver, some person crashes, and that car smashes through the through the front of the, and you get pinned and you die. Only God knows where, where your life's going to end, dude. That's that's my thing, and and so we can't even we can't live in fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to go back to let's get let's go back to the COVID. So COVID, how it changed, yeah. COVID changes that way, man. And I know, I'm sorry, I apologize to whoever's watching. We do, I like to get off track a lot and I <laughs> love to talk. Probably be here for three hours if, if, if Jose doesn't cut me. But COVID, took, it, was, it was hard in that way uh, for the people on the crimes. Um, for us, one of the good things, and my hat's off to the collection fire chief, Diego Favila, my lieutenant, Jesus Serrano, and myself, and, my, and actually my sergeant. I mean, the whole department, but these are the people, Sergeant Armando Marquez, man. He's been with us for four, 41 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we started getting prepared. My my executive assistant, you know, Mar- you know, Marta Gutierrez and our finance department, dude, when we started seeing what was happening, like in December, we started buying a lot of stuff, uh, masks, uh, gloves, Love. uh, sanitizers, hand sanitizers, Lysol, Lysol spray, a bunch of paper because we saw people, wait, wait, people buying toilet paper, man, my, my, so I have an office and I don't know if you be in that in that conference room uh, yeah. back in 2019, mm-hmm. a big off table. Mm-hmm. We had it from the floor to the roof in supplies, and we kept that supplies because we don't want anybody. You know, not that we don't trust anybody, but just to have inventory control. We were stacking up everything there. I mean, you walk in there and, and everything was PPE or or disinfectant or something, uh, and so we got ahead of the game. The rest of the county, I don't know what happened, but there was a point where everybody was saying they didn't have enough PPEs. Uh, we ended up giving PPEs to our city hall because, you know, they didn't jump on it. We ended up give, uh, giving PPEs to other uh, agencies in the valley because we're like, hey, you know what? Our, our task force, you know, we don't have PPEs available for us. And so we all got our kits together and say, hey, come by the Calexico PD and we'll give you some PPEs. Uh, you have to help, help a brother out, man. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're out there working too. Mm. So we, we got a rural jump. I mean, we were daily, you know, with the county. The county also did an excellent job. Uh, and because we knew that nobody was going to help us. So we had to do a lot of it on our own. And so, you know, Tony Rahota is a CEO, man, and, and the, fire, the county fire chief, you know, Estrada. And then, you know, he had, he had his deputy chiefs working there too. Um, I mean, they, they did an excellent job, dude. So I think as a county, we did good mm. when it came to, us you know and, and getting things out we had a couple of hiccups of course you know the state of california always forgets you know they're in progress so <laughs> i made friends 
we had a representative from FEMA come down, and he's a lieutenant for Dallas uh, Police Department. His name is Alex Eastman. So Alex Eastman is actually a surgeon. He's a surgeon, and he's a cop. And he is hired, uh, FEMA hired him to represent and go to all the hotspots. So prior to coming to Imperial County, he was a Navajo Asian, a, 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 what do you call it, nation, where they were having a huge outbreak there. He comes in here, we meet on a Saturday, and everybody meets him, and, and we all say our stuff. And I you know, told him, hey, man, you know what? Uh, the state doesn't care about us, man. I mean, they, you know, we don't have this, we don't have that. We're running low on this and that. And he got together with the county, and then, man, he gave me a big boost. So he, he started putting pressure through FEMA, through the government, to the state level, where the state level, um, I got some phone calls from the state OES office telling me, to ease off, to stop calling FEMA. And guess what my response was? You know me, guess what I told? <laughs> what you, what I said, pound sand, but you're not gonna tell me what to do. I said, I gotta look out for our people down yeah. here. And so I would call, I called Alex and I said, hey Alex, man, I said, they want me to ease off, man. He says, no, he goes, that just really pissed me off. He goes, so you know what, he started giving us stuff. Um, then Alex shares something with me and he says, hey dude, you know what, there's a, a governor in a state where they have the biggest city in the in the nation. Uh, I won't say his name, Cuomo. Um, <laughs> but uh, he says, man, this guy was hoarding everything. And we went out there and we found out that he had stuff stacked up in warehouses. I mean, they had everything, defibrillators, ventilators, I mean, everything, PPEs. And he was not because he, he was he was anti-Trump. Mm. So Alex is like, I don't care who the president is. Mm. You know, I, my job is to for public health. So he went over there. They took pictures. And he says, we, we had a meeting with him. We told him, look, you either start putting this stuff out and you stop talking about our president. He goes, because I know I, I got a feeling Alex is not a Trump supporter, but he says he, he's our president. And, and he goes and he shows him the pictures and he says, we got video and pictures of all this stuff. This stuff is going to go public. Mm. So he says, man, I love your attitude because you're the same attitude I have. He goes, we're not going to let people tell us to stop it because of political stuff. What else do you need? So shortly after his visit is when they set up that those, those uh, uh, IVC. They started the setting up those tents up there for the. And, and so, you know what? I think I had a part to do with it, but the county did most of the part. But just the fact that Alex, they knew that I had Alex's ear. They, they started moving faster for the county because the county had already requested all that stuff, but they were kind of dragging their feet. Yeah. And so when they saw that Alex and I got along, and we're still friends. The guy, me and him talk all the time. Why would, why would the state care, you know, if FEMA was involved in, in helping well, us? Well, because, because FEMA is who's giving the state the money for this. See, FEMA is oh, okay. the utmost authority when it mm -hmm. comes to disasters. Yeah. And since this pandemic was declared a, a disaster, they said, you know what, man? That's where we're getting all our money. We're mm -hmm. getting money from the government. And if we don't play along with them, they're going to cut the money. Yeah. And now the state of California is going to get more into the hole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it worked well for us. Yeah. But you know what? That's when I learned more about politics. And I said, man, you, you, you know, I've, I've always known politics, but I had never reached politics in the, in the, the, in the federal level with the state. I mean, I, I know how to, who to call the different agencies to get stuff done. Um, but when that was done, I was like, nah, this is B BS, dude. I mean, this, you know, I, I have to, everybody forgets about Imperial County. And I said, we live here, man. Yeah. And so Alex, man, my hat's off to that guy. He, he, he made some things happen for us at the beginning when we were getting the hardest in the mm -hmm. pandemic. Yeah. Because, you know, 
you know, we made national news. Yeah. I mean, even even the PD had a little outbreak there. Yeah. And then, you know, well, Central came down and, yeah. and, and helped so, us out. So the sheriff's office ended up helping us out. And then we had a couple of officers from El Central PD help us out, too. And it was for two weeks, just one shift. So what we did is is we moved. I got COVID during that time. And so we moved, uh, you know, and it was so hard as a chief to actually, you know, pull the hammer when, you know, as we say, to call out for help. Uh, my lieutenant called me and says, hey, man, more people are getting sick because I was the first one that came down with COVID. And I got my COVID through my daughter where she worked, <laughs> where she worked at. They had a freaking uh, 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 an outbreak and she comes home and she gets myself, my wife sick and herself sick. And so I don't go to work. Three days later, um, I get a phone call from a lieutenant that says, hey, chief, you know what? I know you're home with COVID, but... Um, we are, we we're down so many officers and dispatchers, and I said, "Hey man, you know what? Let me start making phone calls." So I worked through the COVID because I didn't get the, the symptoms were not that bad. Um, thank God, my doctor he treated it like if it was uh, pneumonia and bronchitis, and he gave me he pumped me up with all that stuff for my lungs. So I was able to to work. For, I actually worked from home the whole time. So yeah. I said, "Like you know what? Let me make, make phone calls." So make phone calls. We call the sheriff's office. We call you know CEO Tony Rojas. And he says, yeah, you know what, we'll, we'll give you guys one team. So we made, a, a, a what do you call it, adjustments on our side uh, to bring in and make them just a day shift. And they, they did a hell of a job, dude. They helped us out. Yeah, for sure. I remember seeing them around. Yeah. Again, for, I mean, for a while, I was like, you know, are they, are they lost or something? that we heard that, you know, the, the Yeah, we, that's mutual aid. So we, we all have an understanding in the county. If we ever need help from each other, we, we can help each other out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always tell people is like, you know, you know, we, we, we love our cities, you know, Calexico, Central, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's Imperial Valley, Imperial County. You know, I've been telling these, uh, probably people, people get bored with me telling this, but, you know, if you, if you go like to Google Maps or Google Earth and you zoom out, you know, we're like this little valley in the yeah. middle of I'm nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we got to, you know, look out for each other and, you know, you know, like I said, like, even though, you know, I love Calexico, but, you know, I'm from the Imperial Valley, yeah. basically. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, we're part of this this small community that we got to look out for each other. And, and, and that's and that's the thing, dude. I mean, that we always have to look at you because, God forbid, another Easter quake, and this time it really hurts us in the whole valley. Let's say, for instance, the San Andrea blows up like they, everybody's been saying. <laughs> we're going to be the last to get help. So we're going to have to rely on each city. You know, we're going to have to rely on Mexicali, you know, Yuma, you know. Would probably you might be the the I mean, unless there's a big old crack on Interstate Eight that they kind of get around with, but I think Yuma will probably be our closest bigger city that can help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're on our own, guys. I mean, people should get ready uh, because if and when it happens, it's going to be uglier, uh, and you're going to have to eat. And, you know, there's going to be no running water. Probably you have to have water to drink water, food, canned food. I mean, you got to prepare, mm-hmm. and we know it, uh, uh, but. A lot of people don't know it. What's going to happen? You know, what can happen? And then I think we we kind of know it, but um, we rather not think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you know. I, I mean, at least for me, like you know, I, I was in LA in when the Northridge one oh, hit, okay. and I was like four or five, and yeah, it was crazy. Like yeah. you know, we, I remember camping out outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, us, 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 uh, our Hispanic culture is always to run outside, and I tell people, <laughs> you know what? Uh, if you live in a newer home. Um, I wouldn't run outside because most of these homes are built up to code. And, and here in California, they have this, the strictest building codes when it comes to earthquakes. 
Um, better codes than any other place that doesn't. I mean, you can go to Texas, and I don't think the same building code is at us because there's less earthquakes. But they have building codes for tornadoes yeah. and hurricanes, which we probably don't because I mean, but I mean, if our structure is made for an earthquake, it's just you mm. know sustain. I mean, at least do fair on one of those other natural disasters. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I tell um, people too. Like you know, um, you know, we're safe up to some point, right? Yeah. Um, inside of our houses, because yeah, like, like you said, you know, we're up, up to code. I mean, if you if you're living in, I mean, I think the the only pl- places it would, and even look if you look at the Danza Hotel, when we had the Easter earthquake, it, it's a huge, huge building, and it didn't sustain that much damage. I mean, so back then, you could probably think that these. I mean, when you when you break down a wall, those, I mean, the wood there is real wood. Mm-hmm. I mean, the screws or the whatever they use in there, you know, they're real stuff that is going to last forever yeah. i think maybe in maybe in the in the 50s and 60s they kind of went cheap on building stuff but then you know they went back to building codes and stuff like that yeah and it, i mean it, it's kind of like the older cars right like yeah you know they're they were built to <laughs> built to, to to go through crashes i mean you might die inside of a 1972 uh <laughs> Cadillac or a, a Lincoln Continental, but you know your car is gonna <laughs> run over. You know everything. Yeah. Uh, it's not made. They no airbags, seatbelts, nothing like that. Prior to '74, I think it was it was not the law. So the seatbelts, the seatbelts law. Oh, yeah, wow. they didn't have to have the the seatbelts. You know, so you, you can you can have like a '69 Camaro, and and if it didn't come with seatbelts, you don't have to put seatbelts. Mm. But if they came with seatbelts, you have to put seatbelts. So, um, so when so we, we got off topic again, yeah. <laughs> when is um, your last day? So, so uh, my last day is is December thirtieth. Um, after a great career, dude, it's my last day as a, a pain into my retirement city employee. Is December thirtieth at five p.m. Um, there is talk, though uh, they haven't found them a replacement yet. Um, uh, the city manager did say that uh, the council is looking at maybe bringing me back as a ch- interim chief. But now I'm going to get paid a little bit extra on the side uh, to be your chief, or be the chief, or at least run the department till they get a, a new a new uh, chief in there. Um, uh, my family was not too happy with that, <laughs> especially my mom and my daughter and my wife. Um, but I promised that I would try to scale it down a little bit, you know, and and because I'm always answering my phone, doing stuff, and but that's the way I am. I, my wife knows that I'm built that way. That's why she says, you know what, your dad's gonna retire, but in reality, he's gonna continue the same until he walks away. But officially, officially, and uh, through my retirement, California Public Employee Retirement System, my CalPERS. December thirtieth is is my retirement day, and um, the city's already started looking for. Yes, they 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 hired, um, and you know what? This is great that city manager and the council followed my advice, and I told them I said, you know what, get a firm to do it, and, and this is why I said in the past we had too much um, controversy on who's your next chief, and so I have a lieutenant that's going to apply, and and I and he's qualified. And I think he's going to feel really good if he gets it because he earned it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, everything that I've done, I've earned. Nobody's giving me handouts. So I told him, you know, I, I told him, I encouraged him because he says, you know, he felt a little bit kind of, you know, like, hey, you know, I said, dude, it's, it's, it's just go, go through it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it's a great experience knowing that, you know, you made it. 
and you came out on top and you're the next chief. You know, if somebody comes in that's different, it's going to be the call of the council and the city council and the, and the city manager. It's not my call. I mean, my call is to to finish my project. So I, I got all these projects going. So I got patrol cars projects. I got new computers projects. I have a new radio system coming in for my for the officers. And I just made a, a uh, decision to go with FirstNet AT&T push to talk for my traffic control. And that's going to save a lot of money because a radio, a portable handy talkie radio costs you between uh, $3,500 to $10,000. Mm-hmm. The ones that my traffic control needs are about $55,000, $6,000. Just with the cost of one radio, that's what's going to cost me for 20 push to talks a oh. year. So, I mean, one of the things budget, you know, you got to think budget. So I look at it, I need 20 radios. 20 times, you know, that is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and number two, the, the main reason is this. If if our radio system were to go down, we would have those push and talks that we would just tell our traffic controller, sorry, guys, we need 15 of them back. You guys can stay with five. We need 15 because patrol needs them yeah. in order to function. So for us, it's it's, it's our secondary uh, radio. Uh, and you know what? They, I tested them out for over 30 days. And and my traffic controllers love them. Is it's, it like is it like the Nextel's or what? it's it's dude? It's just like a Nextel. The, the phone is like and it's a smartphone. Uh, they can take pictures, videos. They can make phone calls uh, at a very like I said. It's gonna cost me probably like five thousand dollars a year for twenty units. Uh-huh. And so uh, it's nothing. I mean, and you got communications. They can be any side of town. FirstNet is is a service only offered to public agencies. Uh, mm. and utility companies. Uh, I think IID is doing it too. But we have a different broadband. So in, in, in emergencies, you know, when everybody starts calling 911 or everybody starts using the phone to check on, hey, we had a big earthquake but, and, you, and, you, and you can't communicate, uh-huh. FirstNet has got priorities, so it bumps everybody off. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so we'll have communications. Now, they have trailers, mobile trailers that they can bring in. Uh, I know AT&T is putting up a lot of cell, cell towers uh, and and there's a lot of uh, antennas that relay in between, like re- like repeaters. So we I said, you know soon. what, we're, we're gonna go. We'll have maximum coverage in, in here. The funny thing is, my one of my guys that we send him up to Brawley to pick something up for the traffic controllers, and they were able to call and they come back and it says, "Wow, our current radios because they're not part of the regional one." He goes, "Our current radios, once you hit Walmart, you were done." Really. He goes, this one, I was at Brawley. And they called me and answered back. And I was like, wow. I said, you know, are you going to get it for us, Chief? I said, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get it for you guys. Found money in my budget. You know, that's one of the things, you know, you get you learn to master stuff like this. Mm. Found money in my budget. Went with my finance director. She agreed on it. And my, fi- and my city manager also said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And, and you know, one of the things as a chief you got to do is have a good working relationship with, with, with your people at City Hall. Because uh, if I was a jerk, they could tell me no. Yeah. And not give me a reason why. Um, and so, I mean, the city's moving forward, dude. I, I, that's what I say. I mean, in my 30 years, I wish I could have done more with the department. We had more money to hire more police officers. Um, one of my our priorities is, I mean, other than get equipment and training, because you have to have good training, is, um, is I'm trying to get a, a school resource officer back in the schools. Uh, right now, we have officers that respond to schools. But I would love to see, you know, at least two officers uh, my, my, my dream was before all this pandemic and all this stuff happening was to have four SROs, 
one assigned just to the high school, uh, one for each uh, junior high. Um, and then my, I was going to give them collateral duties for the junior high ones to actually step down. It was, it was going to be one at the high school, one at the ninth grade academy, and then the two junior mm-hmm. highs. So between the ninth grade academy and the, and the two junior highs, I was going to have them start going to the elementary schools once a week and, and, and start up with, a, with like a third grade class and see them all the way till mm-hmm. they go to the next level, you know, and, and, and educate the, the, the children there um, to be better citizens. And again, and I think one of the things we, we talked the last time was, you know, you wanted to make sure that uh, the PD was more involved in the community and yes. then again, COVID happened. And yeah. but, but you know what? We, we, we still stayed involved. So, so COVID last year, you know, last year was our 17th annual Kids and Badges. Mm. Uh, shop with a cop didn't go through. But guess what? We made it work. We figured out, okay, so if we can't take these this children shopping, we came up with a plan. I mean, and hats off to my staff again. You know, this one, the person that chairs my my kids and badges, who runs with it every year. I mean, for the last probably ten years, has been Sergeant Victor Legaspi, mm-hmm. and so he goes out there and and he, you know, they go out there with Hortensia Armendariz with a family resource center, and my staff, and they put they gather all this money, and then we have a lot of donors come in. So what we did last year was, we actually got them presents, but we included a hundred dollar gift card for Walmart. Oh, okay. So they had a drive up. Santa Claus was handing them out. We did really cool. And we said, you know what? We're not going to let. Last year's thing was uh, COVID's not going to beat us or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, COVID, yeah, COVID's not going to beat us. You know, we're still going to do it. This year, we actually did it. Yeah. And, and it went very well. I mean, we, we partnered up with MTC last year. Uh, the Metropolitan Training Services, I think, or they're the ones that do the, the, the jail for the ICE detainees and stuff like okay. that. So last year they partnered up with us. This year they actually donated 36 bicycles for 36 kids. Oh, wow. uh, we raised enough money where we were able to to give them 150 dollars. Wow. Uh, any money left over, we had Hortensia Armendariz um, buy gift certificates for Food for Less and Cardenas, mm. and she's going to take uh, some to the families that need it, so they can have food for Christmas. Awesome. So, so I mean, it, we spread it big time. Not yeah. only did we get the gifts, the kids got $150 plus, plus the bike and then the fire department association. Uh, they donated the helmets. Police officer station donated a lot of money. I mean, we had Dr. Vo. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm and I apologize if I don't name <laughs> you guys, but there was a lot of people, which the first official meeting of the, of the city council, we're going to give recognition to these people uh, and give them a nice little either plaque or something because, I mean, it, it was a great event. And so we said, you know what, 18th year. So I, I told I told Sergeant Legaspi and them, I said, look, after I retire, you guys got to keep this going. I said, mm-hmm. it's tradition now. And if COVID didn't let us, you know, you know, stop it, nothing should stop it. Yeah. Uh, the community, you know, and, and and I saw something on Facebook because uh, uh, the Collection Chronicle put something, and this 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 guy put some stupid comment. Oh, I hope it does. It's not coming out of the city. I hope it came out of the county budget. And so I went in there, usually, which I don't, and I, <laughs> yeah. it really pissed me off. Yeah. I said, you know what, look, dude, Calexico has good citizens, has great community that we don't need money from other people. We were able to raise money through our own community, our own business people, our own people here. They reached down and they gave us money. We don't need no handouts from the county for, for kids and badges. Mm-hmm. Here in Calexico, see, people don't understand Calexico. Yeah. Us Calexicans is like, man, we'll help each other out. And that's something that... 
I'm very proud of. I was born and raised in Calexico. Mm-hmm. I went through Calexico. I am Calexico. You know, I'm, I'm this, this beer that I'm <laughs> babying here because, you know, I just like the taste of it and I want to enjoy it. it it's what is it called? Bulldog, mm-hmm. right? I'm a bulldog, man. Mm-hmm. Once a bulldog, always a bulldog. You know, like, you know, John Moreno, my friend, you know, <laughs> makes fun of me because, you know, we, 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 you know, we say who's the bigger bulldog, me or him. Yeah. Well, I'm the chief, so I tell him I'm the bigger bulldog. <laughs> After I retire, I guess John, John will, will go back to me. <laughs> But you know what, dude? I said the 30th is my last day. Uh, bittersweet. Uh, I'm happy that I got to the end of my career. Uh, sad because I'm leaving. Uh, but I'll still be around. Mm-hmm. I, I still plan on, on helping on with with stuff that I can help with. Yeah, and I don't know. And I don't know if you want to talk about it. But you know, you know, the reason you gave as to why you thought it was time to hang up the the bench. Do you do you want to? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Look, you know. With the COVID and everything that happened, um, my front door neighbor, you know, and, and I know he's being, you know, smashed, you know, thrown out there because there was a young deputy that, you know, died in that accident. Um, and and I don't know whose fault it was, whether his fault or not. I mean, we don't I haven't seen an official report, but I mean, he died. Uh, people got hurt. He was a young man, front door neighbor. I would see him all the time. He had just gone to FTO and he's telling me, hey, you already did 30 years. And it kind of hit me, mm-hmm. kind of hit me. I said, you know what, man? I said, poor kid had this whole thing uh, going and, and his career ended not even a year into it. That, you know, my family, my, my I, don't, I need to spend more time with my mom because uh, I don't really spend time as much as I used to because I'm always working. Yeah. My wife, you know, my kids, I have two younger kids. I still, well, not younger, but still, I got one kid in high school and then my daughter's 21. I need to spend time with them. You know, I have two older kids. I want to reconnect with my grandkid. I mean, I don't get to see him that much. He's 12. You know, shout out, Heriberto, you know, <laughs> shout out to my family, you know, my wife, you know, my wife. And I don't want to give my wife's name out because, you know, hey, everybody knows, but she's a CHP dispatcher. Um, she works really hard. And so I said, you know what? It's time for me. Just, I think it's time for me to try and enjoy. Like I said, life's too short. I don't know when God's going to pull my plug and say that's it, but I would really like to spend more time with my family. Mm. And that's what it is. I think it's time. I was being selfish for over 30 years. I think it's time for me to, to be, give back to the people that have supported me through all my ups and downs. Uh, my family that has been through me through a lot, you know, and, and just, just concentrate on them. You know, there's a lot of stuff I want to do in my house. I mean, I, it's it's time for me. And I do it, but, it, I mean, I want to really concentrate and, and do stuff. I mean, I like doing – I mow my own lawn. I wash my own cars. I fix my own stuff. I don't call hand. Ya que no puedo. Then, I, you know, I say, okay, yeah. I, I made a bigger mess out of it. Now I can call the plumber yeah. to come and try to fix this, you know, or I can call the electrician. I'll try a little bit of it. My dad always taught me to try to fix things first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and – so that's my thing. I'm trying to, my, my son says he wants to go into the military after he graduates. So I figured he's got a year and a half left of school. Spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might do some stuff part-time, you know, but I don't see myself doing a full-time job. Part-time, my, my, you know, I'm a cradle robber. My wife's five years younger than me, so she still can't retire. <laughs> and she wants to do her full-time work at THB, so she's got at least four more years to go. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know what, spend time, you know, that way on her days off, you know, because she, she, you know, she works uh, 14 days out of the month. They, they work a 12-hour shift. So now that she's off, I can be home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'll have the house, you know, clean, make tortillas <laughs> for her and cooking. and, yeah. and Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, dude, it's, it's, it's having, you know, 
enjoy it. I mean, we see a lot of people that don't get to enjoy their lives after retirement. And like I said, whatever God has planned for me, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. If he leads me to back into doing something, getting more involved with the community, then I'll do it. If not, then I think it's time for me to step back and take a break. Yeah. Um, and no, I'm not going to run for sheriff. People were saying that I was going <laughs> to run for sheriff. And it's no, that's that's a different monster that I, I would not put my family through that. Uh, it's a lot of commitment. And if I can't commit 100 percent, I don't think, you know, I would do that in any job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to give you 100 percent all the time. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, when when people because lately people have been asking me to, you know, be part of different things. And and, you know, to me, um, I'm like you, like, you know, you know, I'm on my own lawn. It's yeah. not the best lawn, but it's my lawn yeah. and I do it. Um, I'm not I'm not a handyman, but, you know, I like to cook, you know, before I came, I left my, my kids, you know, food in there so you can eat. Um, and yeah, like to me, like my family is my, my commitment, number, yeah. my, my number one. So, you know, if I can't, you know, really give you 100 percent, you know, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So, you know, this is a hobby and it's given me a lot of opportunity to, you know, reach out to my community and and talk about what's going on. Um and and I love it and and yeah like it's hard to even people are asking me to run for city council I'm like I don't think I can do it 100 <laughs> percent you know um, I don't I don't think I could just for, because of my my son he's 13 so oh no I feel like you know he needs you this is the age that you're you know you know it man this mm-hmm. is the age where you can mold your kid mm-hmm. and if you let it go you're gonna lose him then mm-hmm. and then trying to reel him back it, it's hard man. Mm-hmm. and I, mean, I stay at my kid all the time man and and I know he might probably done stuff. <laughs> And you know, done <clears throat> dumb stuff, you know, as the juveniles do. But if I find out, that's you know, that's different. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, a big part of you know, I, I think growing up here in Calexico is you know, we 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 know when some you know when our kids do something wrong, we know right away because you know. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean you know, you don't have to be in Calexico. I mean, just in a small community. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, word gets out. You know, you did this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in our position. Oh, you, you know, you got, you know, teacher, you got this, you got this, works for the school district. Oh, yeah. And me, it's like, hey, your your son did this, or you're the police chief, what do you do about it? Yeah. Your daughter's, you know, said this, you're the chief of police, what do you do about it? Mm. Well, I mean, I'm not a chief at home. I'm a dad at home, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband, you know. I'm a grandfather, I'm a yerno, you know. That's where I'm at home, you know. I'm a son here, you know. But I'm a police officer when I'm, I'm here, and yeah, my uh, the way I, I behave sh- should be as a police officer all the time. I'm not gonna go out there and, and and do drugs and shoot my gun up in the air and run stop signs and do stupid stuff like that because it's wrong. Um, but um, at the same time, dude, I mean, I get to enjoy beer once in a while, you know, and or bottle of whiskey or mm. not a bottle, glass of whiskey, <laughs> <and> bottle. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> let that slip. I'm huh? slip. <laughs> No, but you know what? It's just about having fun, trying to good life, you know, get along with people. And and that's and I tell the young kids, you know, when I talk to them, I say, look, just get along with each other. Don't don't stress. I think dude, social media is good, but I think it's bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this TikTok thing that happened on Thursday. Yeah. The national school, shoot, school shootout on Friday, this, uh, December 17th. Then we get a kid over here that thinks it's a prank. He's going to do it. You have somebody in Brawley do it in our local community. Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, it's it's BS. I mean, it, it's and that's where I get upset with this. I say so. That's where I hate social media because they have all these filters that you, you just put it. Anything that we put together in the same sense, school shoot, school kill, school this, it should not be able to to be posted. Yeah. 
you know, but then again, TikTok's owned by the China Chinese, so and then the China virus. I'm sorry, the coronavirus. <laughs> I just had to throw it. Yeah, I know I'm going to upset some people. Uh, I think it's all funded. I think when people get upset over politics, it, it's it's so immature. Yeah, I honestly think it's so immature. I Did think you know. You should just listen to everybody, you know, because they're both sides are wrong or three sides are wrong. Not everybody's right. Do you think that now it's it's a little bit more amplified than you know it's ever been? Or? Let me tell you this. I mean, political correctness. I hate that. I, I hate. I wish you could just go and say it the way it is mm -hmm. and respect each other's stuff. I mean, uh, funniest movies I've ever seen, funniest comedians I've ever gone to see, they're not politically correct. George Lopez was a politically correct. I mean, uh, you, you look at you know. All these other comedians are not politically correct. I mean, they say it the way you go see them for laughter, yeah. for entertainment, to get you, you know, sports. Sports should never be about racism and stuff like that. And and yes, everything has its platform. But I think I used to go to football games to forget about the ugly of the world. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be reminded in a football game. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yes, there's racism. Yes, there's this, there's that. But you know what? There's a platform where to do it. Baseball games. That's why I still like baseball. I was like, go L.A. Dodgers, man. I like it because it still hasn't gone political. It's you know what, man. I'm not going to preach to you my Christian beliefs. I'm not. I'm not going to preach to you my political beliefs. Why should you do it? Mm -hmm. I came here to watch you. If I'm going to go to a concert, I came to watch that person play and, and give me the best show. If I'm going to go watch a comedian, dude, I don't care if you use you know Beaner. Or, you know, I don't care if he's, you know what, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to take offense to that or a greaser because I came to see you because that's what you do. Mm. I mean, Dave Chappelle's special, I tell people, it wasn't that bad. And I, I like what he said. Hey, look, we're getting away from all the fun stuff. We used to be able to make fun of each other. And that's what it was. Us, culture, Mexican culture, you tell me who doesn't give each other career. <laughs> Yeah, my wife gave me a career of today's interview because I kept talking about it too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said, what, you in love with him or what? You know, yeah, I mean, but it, my whole thing is, is, I wish people would just go back to saying, you know what, dude, accept criticism. Give carrilla so you can get carrilla. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. Laughter makes you feel good, dude. Why do you think cops laugh at the, at, at the, at the scene of a crime or, or a horrific accident? Two things or three things. An officer faints, throws up on scene and doesn't take care of the situation. Or he starts crying and can't handle the situation, or he laughs. Laughter is not laughing at what happened. Yeah, Laughter a is a coping like mechanism yeah. for for us for us to cope with what we're seeing, and and it's a, it's an ugly that we. I mean, I've seen fatalities where we'll be taking measurements and we're laughing not at what happened. We're laughing because the, the officer forgot to reset his roller tape when he's measuring, or 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 he you know he he didn't write the right stuff down, or he stepped on some. On some, um, some dog poop that was there, that's what we'll be laughing at. Mm -hmm. Or the guy tripped on something, that's what we like. That's a coping mechanism yeah. for us. And I tell people, if you see, oh, because I had phone calls, oh, ma'am, they're not laughing at you, they're not laughing at that. It's a coping mechanism, mm -hmm. all right? These guys just saw somebody die in front of them, or they did CPR and they just saw, heard that the guy over the radio, that the guy didn't make it, or the lady didn't make it, or the kid that they saved ended up dying. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's, you know, that's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Laughter, going to comedy shows, it's a coping mechanism. And I think, um, you know, for me, it's because uh, um, I've, I've experienced where, like, um, you know, I, I, I try to uh, be part of groups and, and where they're 
when people kind of like disown you because you don't go 100% with what they yeah. believe and you know I, I feel that we all have our opinions um you know if i like you and i don't i don't like something that you believe in you know i'm not going to stop talking to you you know i i just won't touch that subject with you and you know i won't criticize you about it you know because of, you know at the end of the day i know you're a good person yeah. but you have some Everybody has one little detail that we can't agree on uh, everything all the time. Imagine that we would be boring if we all <laughs> thought the same. It would be the most boring civilization ever. Mm. And that's I, I've had friends on Facebook unfriend me. Friends that I went to school since junior high, high school. I've known them for fifty years. Mm. You know, unfriend me because of what I thought of what I said. Because I didn't agree with a political thing. And I said, dude, come on, bro. I think they're reaching. You know what? Who cares? You know, I tell my friends, you know, these friends was like, oh, I was blasting Trump. I was blasting Trump. And one day I told, look, dude, the guy's gone. Who gives a crap about him? Mm. I don't want to hear it no more, dude. He's gone, mm. man. Mm. Yeah, we got Biden. Biden's your new president. Let's just go with that. Mm. I, I don't put politics in anything. I don't talk politics to people because that's my, my belief on who I believe. I, you know, I'll talk to you about God. And even that, people get offended, yeah. you know, say, hey, you know what, Christ, you know, you got to be a Christian, you know. Oh, yeah, mira, I ask. okay, okay, I'm not perfect. We're mm. all sinners, man. We are sinners. We are all sinners, you know, but you try to be a better person, person, you know, from God. I don't care about politics. You know, why do you fight for Trump? Why do you fight for Biden? Why do you fight for Hillary? They don't even know who you are. Yeah. They don't care about you. They yeah. care about getting to that position because they're all power hungry and they want to power. I said, when I became police chief, dude, I have a lot of power. Never abused it. Never abused it because that's the way I am. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like I work for the people. The people don't work for me. Mm -hmm. I work for the community. Do you think it's hard to find people that are that way where, like, they're not easily... Uh, because to me, like, yeah, that's another reason why, why I'm kind of afraid of running for city council. Not because I feel like... Um, you know, somebody that wants the power or is power hungry or, or might be persuaded, but you just never know, you know, the situations you might be put in or like you kind of have to use or abuse that power. So, so my advice to you and whoever's if, if thinking of running for council is this. Number one, you're elected by the people. Number two, you're not a partisan thing. So nobody gives a crap if you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green, whatever, Independent or whatever it is. You're there to serve the community for the community. Mm -hmm. Your political stance on who's president, who's should never come into play with your city council or you, even your county board of supervisors. Because you weren't the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, yeah. whatever party, they, they didn't endorse you. You're not running that. Your number one should be the city of Calexico or, the, or whoever you're serving. Mm. Number two, number three is the power. You might have power, but remember though, don't let people influence you. If at the beginning you set the tone and say, Jose is a straight guy, dude, you're not going to be able to, to, to go and, and pay him off and, and bribe him, they're not going to come to you. Simple as that. When they want you to say, hey, Jose, call the police chief, you're the city council member, hey, they gave me a ticket, tell them to do away with it, and you say, dude, I'm not going to do that. That's wrong. When people try to influence you to do something for the benefit of one employee instead of all the employees or the citizens of Calexico, it's not worth it. Do it. You set the tone. I set the tone at the beginning of my career. And then at the beginning when I became lieutenant and chief, I said, look, dude, 
I'm going to try very hard, very hard not to be influenced by anybody. Sometimes you have to bend the rules, not break the law, but bend the rules even with your own staff. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to go out there and, and give a written reprimand to? How are you going to discipline them? You know, it's a case by case. But if you, everybody knows this is the way he thinks, this is what he does, it's very easy. And that's my advice to you, man. If you're going to do it, you don't go out there. Political, religious views. Remember, dude, religious and political views, you know, don't mix. And in a city council where it's not a partisan one, even better, dude. You can say, hey, look, this is, we're going with what's best for the city at this point. Mm-hmm. What's best for the community, what's best for the city. Uh, if you ever run to council, you're going to see how bad the city in the past financial situation has been. We're, we're getting there, dude. We're getting back to, you know, but it, it takes a lot of no's. It takes a lot of risks. It takes a lot of, hey, we can't afford to hire more people at this time. Everybody wants more people. I want more cops and dispatchers and records people and more staff. Fire department wants more firefighters and more, you know, this, inspectors. You know, everybody wants more. But the city, as a city, you have to do priorities. And your priorities usually is public safety. And after that, if there's a little bit left over, then you give it to everybody else. Mm. But you know what? One of the things that I see is the new generation, and I'm talking about people that are 10, 15 years younger than me. Unless you were brought up working hard all the time, they're only giving you 70%, dude. Mm. I like to, I want to hire people that are 80% or as minimum because an 80%er, which is what I call them, they give you 80%. If they have a bad day, they drop down to 60. 50, but the next thing when they come back and it's a good day, they're back at 80. I hire a 60 percenter. <laughs> he drops down to 40 percent, 30 percent. He's never going to go back there. He's going to stay around 50 percenter. And those are the ones that give you the most problems. And I, and I tell my lieutenant, I said, look, dude, guy looks great on paper, but his background, dude, we make phone calls. And they say, nah, you know what? This guy's, you know, hit and miss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to hit and miss guy. Yeah. I want a guy that says, man, this guy's 100 percent all the time. Because if he has a bad day, it's only going to be a bad day for, for maybe hours or maybe one shift. And then after that, the guy's going to bounce back. Yeah. So. Yeah, for, that's a good way to see it. Because, yeah, if you, fire, if you hire a 50 percenter, then you're going to have to have, hire another 50 percenter to make an 100. So. Yeah, that's, and that's, I mean, like I said, I want what's best for the community and for my department because it makes it easier for everybody. If I could teach everybody or give everybody my experience, I mean, I wish I could do that. It would make my job so much easier. But it's my responsibility and our responsibility to bring up the, the guys by teaching them. But man, I said, I tell people, you know, somebody says, well, knowledge is power. Yeah, but if you don't spread your knowledge, who cares about the power? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's like, give them everything you know. Because you're still the master. I'm still the Jedi. I tell them, I'm still the Jedi master. <laughs> you're just a Jedi. And I'm going to give you all my stuff. It takes, now you have to do your own stuff to become a Jedi master. Mm-hmm. But you know everything I know. I just know how to do it better. You know, I, you know, I, you know, like don't teach your, your training, every, teach them everything, everything, you know, mm. makes your job easier. Yeah, for sure. You know, anything else? <laughs> we got off topic again, huh? No, no. I mean, it's good. Uh, I like when it's, you know, especially when it's like banter, like when yeah. it's, that's like the best conversation, you know. Yeah. You, you, well, you know, and it, my whole thing is I like to mentor people, man. That's my whole thing. Try to mentor people to be better. You know, try to get people, you know what, dude? You think you're having a bad day, you know, go to Afghanistan. Look how the people live over there. You think you're having a bad day, go to North Korea. Come back. Go to you have a bad day, go to China. I mean, you know, you think you have a bad day, dude, go to prison. Mm-hmm. Or or be in the hospital with COVID. Be intubated. Mm-hmm. I said, be a nurse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you go, yeah, the nurses, man, they're, I mean, they're getting their butts kicked with mm-hmm. this, dude. 
I mean, they're, they're doctors and nurses, man. There's the hospital staff. I mean, they're they're on the battleground right now, dude. They're fighting this war. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I praise them. I know doctors, I know nurses, I know people. My daughter's a phlebotomist and, and she said ever since COVID started, man, it's like, they, you know, she's out there exposed to COVID and stuff like that. But she's like, man, we're busier than ever. I said, well, yeah, I mean, you need blood draws all the time, yeah. you know? So, it, it, I mean, I think everybody, everybody got busy. Unfortunately, then a lot of people got used to being lazy too. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to work. Yeah. I mean, we can't find people to work sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, the, my traffic controllers, I used to have people wanting to work, 20, 30 people wait list. Now we're scrounging around and get people to come and work. I'm going, like, what's wrong with these people? You yeah. know, nobody wants to work. And I'm over here retiring thinking <laughs> what part-time jobs are. People have already offered me jobs. Yeah. I turned on the full-time jobs. I, I turned out some stuff, but I said, hey, I like that. It's part-time. I think I can do that. You know, it's, it's work once a day every other of the week. Pfft, why not? Yeah. You know, oh, go, go do the side gig over here. Well, I, can't, I don't want to work more than 24 hours in a week. week. And they're like, okay, can I pick my hours? Yeah, okay, I'll try that too. Just, for, just to get me out of the house to do something. Mm -hmm. Have extra money to do my little projects around the house. Mm -hmm. You know, and so peop people don't understand that. I mean, I think I've been working since I was 12 years old, dude. I worked at they were, or there were La Fe used to be uh, La Fe on, uh -huh. on Fifth Duel. Duel. Uh, there was a, a market called Sunny's Market, um, and it was owned by the uh, Lopez Sunny Lopez. Well, him and my dad were friends, and my dad had him hire me. My dad was paying my salary. Oh, so my dad would give him five bucks, you know, a, a week, and then I would go over there and, and I would dust the shelves and put prices on the on the cans. It was a little abarrotes, dude. <laughs> So I did that since I was 12 years old, dude. And I was like, wow, I'm getting paid, you know? Then when I got four, when I was 14, I used to clean the kennels at the, for Customs and Border Patrol. I used to have dog kennels there. They used to keep them there. Oh, okay. So I was 14, 15. I, I, I got a side gig doing it, and they would pay me once a month, and I would go once a week to go spray them down, get all the black widows and everything like that. And then they got upset with me after two years because the dogs got to know me. And so I wasn't supposed to help the dogs. I didn't know any better. You know, yeah. I'm 15 years old playing with the dogs. And so they say, you know, we don't need your services no more. And then they ended up moving them up to another lo location. But I used to go out there and clean that stuff. Uh -huh. And then I got a job at McDonald's when I was in high school. I worked for Tony Gonzalez. Man, that working at McDonald's is probably one of the best jobs I had because it taught me a lot of leadership stuff and how to work hard mm. and how to put up with a difficult boss. <laughs> Great boss, but difficult. Yeah. And Tony Gonzalez, man, you know, what my dad didn't show me, Tony Gonzalez working for him, eye opener. I worked at Video Store while I was going to IVC, Video 2000. You I, did? I worked. I worked at JCPenney's with Ernie, Ernie Acuna, rest of PC. He hired a bunch of us, friends of us. We worked there. Um, so I had a bunch of jobs, man, a lot of jobs at the same time. Really? You worked at Video 2000? Yeah, really? dude, I worked for Video 2000 for That's the longest crazy. time. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, we used to go walk and rent movies all the time. I don't remember seeing you. No, online video. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Online yeah, video. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the, from the, on the second street. Uh, yeah, yeah, off of uh, Apple Market. I'm yeah, sorry. It, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. It was, it was online video. Yeah, I online remember video. going to online video. Yeah, so I worked on online video. Oh, wow. Yeah, myself, my friend Gilbert Reese, Ricky Castro, John Quinones, you know, Carmelita Santos. I mean, these are all people that we're all college age, just going to IVC. We got a gig there. We used to work there, and we used to rent movies for free and stuff like that. You know, What's we used to pre-screen all the movies coming out before they came out. 
it was a fun job for a gig, bro. I mean, you just go out there and, you know, for, for just to do it. What was your favorite movie? Or what's your favorite movie now? Dude, I really like the Godfather series, dude. Mm. Yeah, that's a great series. Uh, and then, like, the Batmans, all the Batmans. I like the other Batmans. Really? Too, Even yeah. Batman and Robin? Yeah, it was kind of, eh, but yeah, I mean, I like the original Batmans, you know, you got the, I think uh, Michael Michael Keaton was That's one of the best, yeah. best Batmans, man, and then the Joker, man, you, Jack Nicholson, you can't beat that guy, Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's there's good movies, I mean, but I've always, I mean, I love the Godfather series, dude, mm. and believe it or not, uh, American Me and Blood In, Blood Out, dude, like those movies, dude, yeah. I like those movies, uh, um, I like comedies, a lot of comedy movies. I mean, then The Goonies. Like one of my favorites is The Goonies, you know. Um, the one of the movies, that's, I, I was talking to, to my lieutenant, one of the movies that scared the crap out of me and 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 I couldn't sleep for like three days was The Exorcist. I oh, saw it when yeah. I was a kid, dude, and I slept on the sofa, dude. I, I, I was so afraid. I said, I'd never see a movie, scary movie like that. And now I look back and I'm going like, dang, yeah, it's still a scary movie for you yeah, look at it, scary, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just... For that, you know, for when it was made and then, you know, if you're watching now, it still holds yeah, it still, up to... Yeah, it still holds up to the new stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and so I like watching like that and I like, I, I mean, my wife like watching all the cop shows like, you know, we love Blue Bloods, dude. That's probably one of my favorite shows right now. Uh, we like watching the uh, Chicago PD and uh, it's pretty, they're pretty good. I mean, they, they, they got pretty good uh, shows, you know, that and the cop shows. Um, but the NCIS stuff, I can I get bored after a while. It's like, yeah, it's the same thing, different characters. Yeah, you know? and, it, and it's um, like too fantasy to me. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, and, and unfortunately with those shows, people see the technology that's out there, but they don't understand that it's not available to every to department. Yeah. I mean, I, I even think some of that stuff they pull out, I don't even think that LAPD or NYPD has it. You know, this is something that maybe the, maybe the FBI mm. is toying with <laughs> because this is all fantasy stuff, you know, but... Uh, there's a lot of technology out there. Policing has come a long way, you know, the DNA stuff. Uh, we can get rapid response on fingerprints before we couldn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's incredible, dude, the stuff we can collect as evidence before. I mean, so in my 30 years, I've seen law enforcement grow up a lot when it comes to technology. technology. Oh, yeah, dude. Even I mean, even cell phones are... Oh, like cell phones, dude. I mean, geez. Uh, you know, and people, <laughs> word of advice, uh, kitty porns against the law, <laughs> if it's on your phone, your computer, it never gets erased. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because you know, people think, oh, yeah, I'll delete it. And it's, oh, hell no. I can, I can still get in there and I can get you the date, date and time and who logged in to watch that stuff. Uh, so uh, you think you can send, you know, burner phones? We'll find you. It's just we have to do a little bit more extra work, yeah. you know, get more people involved, you know, when it comes to the feds. But uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll find you. Uh, people, you know, it's like, wow. The only way we won't find you is if you don't have that phone on you, and and that phone's is is obliterated somewhere where it can be be seen. But yeah, I trace mean, or anything. Like all that. we need is just you know that little chip, man, from the you know, and people don't understand that. Yeah, uh, we'll, we we find it, people can be found it. it. It's it's either you know, it's a matter of time. And yeah, and it's crazy. For, like when people started saying that you know they were putting chips on the vaccine, I'm like, man, you carry your phone all the time, man. It, <laughs> dude. You know this thing, and I, I I would see people put stuff on their. Oh look, it's I was like magnetic. Really? Dude, even if they put a chip, dude, that chip would not have that much strength as a magnet to hold through all your fat and muscle. You know, to hold, especially because they put it in your muscle, so it would have to go through your muscle and your fat and and. And stuff like that. It's funny because I saw one and my kids showed me some fat dude doing that. I said, I mean, oh, it's just the fat that he's it's holding on to. I the said, oil. Yeah, the oil. Yeah. It's all that hot fat in his phone. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with the chip. So, yeah. 
uh, I mean, I know that there's Switzerland people are with putting those those chips because they want to have all the medical record. Now mm. that's different. Mm. I mean, you're being chipped just like a friggin' dog, you know, mm. or an animal. Uh, but other than that, I mean, as like, you know, people get vaccinated, people. Don't. It's up to me. It's it's up to the people. I'm vaccinated, but if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your right. Mm. Uh, you know, wearing the mask, it's another thing. You know, if you don't want to wear one, it's up to you. Uh, I'm vaccinated, so according to what CDC says, I should be protected. But it's just like the regular flu. You're still going to get the flu. Yeah. I might still get COVID. Mm. It's how bad you're going to get it. Yeah. Whether it be a three, four, five day COVID down or a intubation COVID because you didn't you didn't get vaxxed. Mm. Same thing with a flu shot. You get the flu shot it doesn't say you're not going to get the flu. It just says that when you get it, it's not going to knock you down for two weeks. Yeah, and and people don't understand that. Yeah, because yeah, I've had the flu. I, you know, I think when COVID started was the first time I got the flu because the flu shot. Um, because prior to that, I would get the flu and yeah, it would you know put me down like a couple of days. But I was like, you know what? Uh, I'd rather have uh, get the flu shot, make sure that it's not, you know, COVID. If yeah. I get the flu, you know, protect me, not confuse it with COVID as like. And then it's crazy because I was debating getting the flu shot, and then like a couple of weeks later, I took the. I was a study for the AstraZeneca. Oh, okay. So I was like, people were telling me like, "Man, you were afraid of getting the flu shot. Now you're, you know, yeah. getting picked for AstraZeneca." I'm like, well. And you know what? I, I told people is like. You know, I get the flu shot every year. Me and my wife, uh, the kids, we force them to take the flu shot because we know that flu shot's proven. And I can tell them it's, it just doesn't keep you from getting it. It just keeps you from, you know, going full up flu where people actually die from the flu. Mm-hmm. And and so, I mean, we usually, we used to bring them to the PD, the nurses, to our, to our, our HR. And we would have two days where you say, if you want to get a flu shot, go to the PD. They're going to be from here to here, from this time to this time. And so people go out there, get their flu shot, and get it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's gonna, I mean, the pandemic's gonna become an endemic, and they're gonna develop a vaccine every year where we have to take it. Mm-hmm. If you want to. Not, and that's my whole thing. It should be the choice whether you do it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the whole thing. enfermas, you don't want, you don't want to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I, I think we've reached a point now where people are tired, uh, and that's why you have all this resistance of people doing it. Um, it should be it should be your right. It should be your right as a parent whether you're going to vaccinate your kid or not. I mean, no, it, it's it it, it sh- I, I, that's my belief. I mean, as a person, mm-hmm. uh, and I know I'm going to get criticized because they say, "Oh, yeah, you're the chief. You're supposed to. no." But my whole thing is, it, it's up to you. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't force people not not to do it. It's like forcing people to drink beer, do drugs. You know, hey, you know what? You got to do this. You know, you you don't do that. Forcing people to get abortions, you know, they want to get an abortion, it's up to them. It's, you know, it's against my belief, but I'm not going to go out there and, 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 and stand in front of them and say, hey, man, you know what? I can tell you that I, I don't think you should get it, but that's it. I mean, I'm not going to say you can't come into my, my restaurant. You can't, you know, come buy groceries because of that. I mean, that's, that's a decision that you are making as yeah. an adult. So... Um, switching topics. Um, so, what, what advice would you give, you know, our new captain, our new chief, new chief, chief? Sorry. Well, I mean, I think the the the, the ideal candidate, what this city put down on their website, is pretty neat. Uh, not in the city, but it's on the thing. But first of all, you got to be humble. Humility is the number one thing. Um, number two, you work, remember that you work for the community. 
Number three, treat your employees like family. You're the dad. <laughs> um, you can't have a favorite. You got to treat them all the same. And then not everybody gets grounded. If you have a problem with somebody, it's that's who you, you discipline. If somebody does good, that's who you give the accolades to. Um, and don't be stingy. Uh, one of the things uh, you can ask my people is, you know, once a month or sometimes twice a month, we have sandwiches, we have pizza, we make hot dogs. And, and I don't mind pitching in 100 bucks, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, whatever it is. They go around, but most of the time it's like you treat, you treat your employees to something. I mean, you, your employees work better for you when they feel appreciated. Yeah. Um, and, and my thing is, is don't let politics play into it. If you believe that something is not right, it, don't be afraid to tell your city manager. Uh, of course, don't confront it out in the open and yell at him and stuff like that, but go meet with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, your council members, um, you don't work for your council. You work for the city manager. And it, your city manager, if you tell them from the beginning, hey, look, you're my buffer. I work for you. I don't work for them. And the city manager makes them understand that then, you know, yeah, they can fire you, but it's going to take three council members to fire you. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid. I, I, I've gone up, and you've seen this, if you don't see some of the meetings that I've actually spoken up to the city council member. I've always been that way. I'll say when I have to. As a matter of fact, my city manager has asked me sometimes, like, hey, dude, if you're going to go say something, can you just <laughs> give me a heads up? That way I don't get, you know, uh, you know, hit blindsided. Um, he won't tell me not to say anything. He just says, hey, you know what? I mean, just give me no that way when you go up there I, I already know what you're going to say um, I'm very blunt um, so the new guy coming in if you don't have that if you're not blunt like me it's fine mm-hmm. but you got to know when you're standing your ground um, don't give in to political pressure um, if you know something's not right I mean like this when they put up the, the farm workers tent city up there and I had a city council member telling me tear it down tear it down tear it down right now I said dude no, I can't do that. I got to find these people because the law says you got to find them somewhere, uh, some help. So I, I partner up with Spread the Love Charity and other uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations to help me in mental health and stuff like that. And we went out there the week before. We went out the day before. And then the day of us removing them, we, 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 we work with them. I got a lot of stuff. Two council members were truly upset or, you know what, I could have arrested those two city council members, but look, why give people more of a show? Mm-hmm. You know, I call my city manager and say, look, dude, they're going to call you right now. And if you don't tell them that they got to move, I'm going to arrest them. I said, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I said, so he told them they moved. They were upset. Everybody was talking crap about me and stuff like that. But they don't understand. Look, I was using city ordinance, state law to, to, to get them out of there. So you got to be smart about that. You got to know when to do certain things, when to wait. Give them their chance to protest. It's okay. I mean, I didn't mind them going out there. But then when it became a danger to themselves, when they started putting up all these plants and barriers, I went, wait a minute. Look, this is, this is actually a street. And it was a street that was granted to the government by the city of Calexico in the 40s, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 when they were trying to bring the restrooms that I put a stop to it before they do it, the portable restroom, I said, look, if, you, if the city's going to let you put them and the city's liable now, you need, they need to be ADA compliant. 
you know, you can't have a regular old. And yeah, they're if they're painted refurbished, but a wheelchair access needs room. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you going to put them to? You can't put them. They were trying to put them. That said, some drunk guy walks in, drives up in or out of that parking lot, and hits somebody. We're liable. Yeah. So, so yeah, they were very upset. I mean, you know, their group got very upset with me and said, "Hey, you know, no, I'm not anti-campesino. My dad worked in the fields. You know, we, are, I am just. We got to do things right. I am looking out for the liability of the city. We're going to get sued. You know, you, you that's the type of chief needs to come here. Is look at the whole thing and, and it's like don't let people influence you, and, and looking the other way when you can because at the end of the day, who are they going to blame? Well, the chief knew he didn't do anything about it. They're not as a council member." Uh, for the next guy coming in, they're not going to say, yeah, we told you to do it. It's like, hey, well, you know, he's a chief. He should have known better. And so you need to be a strong chief yeah. and, and you need to, be, need to be a mentor. It's a small department and you got to know what you're getting yourself into. It's a city that has, uh, has had budgetary issues, has had money issues. We're not out of the woods. So you're not going to come in here and they're going to give you 10 officers right away. They're not going to give you you know, another six dispatches right away. If you can pull it off, my hat's off to you, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, or miss or sir or whatever. I mean, it could be a man or woman, a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just got to know that this is what you're coming into and make it better. Don't go back in reverse. Make it better. Just yeah. make it better. Outshine me. Outdo me, please. I challenge you to do it and continue doing it. Not just do it one day and that's it. It's, Continue it, set the state because you know what? I want what's best for collection. Mm-hmm. And last time we talked, you, you said that you wanted to leave the, the department better than when it was when you got here. Do you feel that you accomplished it? So the only thing I think I did not accomplish is getting more personnel. Mm. Morale might be a little bit low because we have people out on injury and stuff like that. So I got people out. But everything is, is left where equipment-wise, training-wise... They're going to get more than when I first came in. I mean, everybody's going to have a tablet pretty soon. Uh, so when they go do the reporting, the tablets, those tablets will mount on the new patrol cars in a, in a, in a, uh, in a mount. Everybody's going to get a signed new one. We got new radios. We got new radio consoles for dispatch. Um, we're trying to get new guns. I mean, so, I mean, all this stuff is, I'm leaving all this stuff in the works. That's why I, would, I, would, I wouldn't mind staying a couple of months to finish that. Yeah. And hopefully I can see, you know, my, the, the fruits of my labor coming in. Mm-hmm. But if not, I know that, that all that stuff has already been set. Yeah. And, you, and, and, and I think that, you know, like those, you know, people might not see it as a big thing, you know. But, I mean, it's the infrastructure that, because you can have, you know, 100 comps. But if you don't have a good radio system, a good, you know, communication, it's not going to, you know. Having, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you can have a hundred cops and only ten radios, and you're only going to reach out to those ten cops. Mm. You know, so my whole thing is trying to get them to have the equipment that they need. Um, and and you know what? One of the things that I noticed, and 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 these guys are, and most of the officers there, um, you know, you, you always have off people that don't agree with you 100, percent but it's a really family oriented atmosphere and i hope that it maintain it stays that way mm-hmm. i mean like i said we have our our cookouts you know we 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 bring in food you know and stuff like that we you know we we, we, we like, like sergeant legaspi says partying of the bread we sit down we all have lunch together uh and just moment to forget we put music on you know let the people you know just relax uh and and i, I hope they continue that or make it better 
you know that's that's my whole thing make mm. it better i mean uh redo it to make it better or if it's not working get rid of it yeah. i mean but the the mentality of that the chief is is got to be to move forward uh if i did anything wrong um fix it don't sit there and blame me and just fester on that well Charlo did this wrong and just Charlo did this wrong Charlo, okay fix it then yeah prove me wrong you know no and it's fine dude if i did it wrong fine, mm. fix it but don't just sit there and, and say, oh, yeah, he did this wrong, and, and that's why I can't do anything. Mm. Don't come in there and blaming the past chief for everything that, you know, there went. I could have done that. I could have gone down the past, everything the past chief said, said, well, this chief did this, 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 this. That's why I can't do anything. Mm. No, it's do it. Fix it. Yeah. You know, your, 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 your employees, your citizens are going to see it. You don't need to brag about it. Yeah. I mean, I can sit here and give you all my brag list, but I, I'm not like that, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and brag. You know, so these guys can brag all they want. Fine. But at the end of the day, people are going to see right through you and see, you know what, they, you, you know, you, you're just a talker and you don't deliver. And so deliver what you do. You know, the citizens, you got to treat the citizens right. Mm. And and that's and work together with every other department. Don't break don't break the relationships that I have established with the fire planning. You know, you know our public works department stuff like that. Because when you make those relationships, it's really easy. I can make a phone call and I can have. You know, the public works people come and help me right away. Yeah. I can fire department help me right away. And if they don't like each other, then they'll say, oh, yeah, we'll get to it when, when we get to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it makes it better. Um, you know, it's part of, it's kind of like a clock. You know, it's part of uh, the Dude, wheels. We're a team, bro. Yeah. It, it's a huge, the city of Calexico and its employees are a huge team. Mm-hmm. And every team has a vital a vital role, you know. And like you said, it's like a clock. We all have the wheels. And if one of the wheels is missing or mm-hmm. broken tooth, it, you're, you're, it's not going to stop. It's mm-hmm. just going to, I mean, it's going to stop at the same spot all the time. Yeah. And so what we need to do is we need to just expand, do things better. And and I'm, I'm just hoping the citizens, you know, come to realize that, you know what, the city still is struggle. Yes, it's not a perfect city. There's only in Calexico, the stigma that we have, I think, is a bunch of bullshit, you know. And, and only in Calexico, we do a lot of things different. Um, and for God takes care of us because we always come up on top. Mm. Uh, we have our hiccups, dude. Yes, we have people that are done wrong, but some of these people are in jail. Some of these people got fired. Uh, but you move on. You don't sit there, and, and and that's my thing is that I don't like seeing is, you know, when council people or people in our cities keep on bringing up the past. How are you going to move forward, dude, if you don't bring up mm-hmm. the past? And and I and one of the things that people say and and I hear it is. You know, from the song Frozen, you know, let it go. Just move on, dude. Let it go. If I were to sit here and over my 30 years and and fester over all the stuff that was I think was done wrong to me, I would be the unhappiest person in, in, in the world. But I look at the other way. I say I'm a very uh, optimistic person. I say, mm-hmm. hey, man, look, look at all the good that's come out of this. So let's move forward. Yeah. You I think know? that's something that I kind of... Um uh, started doing like the last couple of years where like you know what um, you 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 block out the you know if it's something that's gonna make you better like constructive constructive criticism you know I'll take it but when it's just somebody talking out of their ass and trying to bring you down keep you like, down yeah you know I'll, you know it. so so you know what for the last two years in in 2019 2020 no 2020 2021 I bought it at the beginning of the year, and my, and my book's coming in from Amazon. And I buy a different one every year, but it's it's called 365 Days of Devotional Prayer for Men or 25 Prayers for Men. And and it's a and it's a five minute, not even five minute read, bro. And it's, it starts with scripture, then it gives you like an example, a story, and then at the end it tells you, you know, uh, 
how does this affect you in your life or how can you become a better person every day i read it dude and and it's i i start my day like that you know i get up get ready right before i go to work right in my kitchen i get my book out and it only takes not even five minutes i read it i read the the, the scripture setting and then i said okay and then it gives you an example a modern day example and then mm-hmm. at the end it says you know how how does this you know affect you or how has it affected you or what can you do to you know do this better and you know what it starts off my day pretty neat because i'll be reflecting on it on the way home to work and then i get to work pretty happy you know and whatever happens happens dude yeah you know what i'm saying you can't we all have agendas and we plan our days dude <laughs> mine goes out the window an hour within me getting to work yeah because it's like all these problems start coming in or all these not problems just little hiccups we get need to fix uh uh people complaining here or something and so I'm a problem solver. That's my number one. You're just solving problems all day. And I told my wife, I think that's what I'm going to miss the most <laughs> is problem, solving people's problems. But I need to get away with it because it, after a while, it, it does get. Yeah, it, it eats at you for sure. Yeah. So, Chalo, um, we're almost an hour and a half talking. Oh, man. <laughs> we, we can go on for like 10 hours with yeah, me. For sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, just wanted to give you a chance to, you know, say anything to, you know, People that like you, those haters, anything, you know, well, I as mean, you. I, I mean, and, and, and you know what? Look, dude, people, you're not always going to have people that like you. But those people that don't like me, it's like, you know what? I have no, I don't care. I mean, they can live their lives hating me or hating what I've done or what not done, whatever idea they have about me. If they really knew me, they, and at one point they liked me or, or, or they got to know me, they liked me. Mm-hmm. For the, all the people, the Calexico, and, and I'll say it right here, I want to thank you with the bottom of my heart for allowing me to be, you know, a police officer, an explorer, reserve, and ultimately your chief of police here. Uh, I'm a proud Calexican, will always be a proud Calexican, even if I end up moving somewhere after, you know, my kid goes, goes to the military. But my roots will always be Calexico. And I thank the city of Calexico for always providing, you know, uh, you know, me with a, with a job, you know, with a career where it paid my, you know, my kids, you know, upbringing, my, my expenditures, you know, the insurance, uh, everything that comes with a career. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the first thing, like I said, you know, I, you know, it's, I thank you guys, but you know, primary number one is I thank God for this great career. Number two, my family. Number three, this great, great country we live in. People don't realize how, great it is to be in the united states even though we have our differences of opinion what other place can you go and stand out there and you know flip off the president of the united states you know talk crap about other people uh in government with another governments you'd be executed you know dude you can't even burn the american flag and you don't go to jail Mm -hmm. i wouldn't do it but you know hey that's that's her choice i mean the rights that we have you got to think that we have a good country. And then the community, like I said, that I work for, that's that's the people I thank. And, and I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to voice this because I can't say it enough to how appreciated I am to have a chance to to actually do my career here, dude. Yeah. And Calexico is awesome. And if you live in another city here in the Valley that you don't think so, well, you know what? You, you never lived in Calexico. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, because here, you know, as divided as we might be at times up because of council, but it's not, doesn't reflect the, the population mm-hmm. of this year. The people that live here are very, very united. Mm-hmm. So that's it, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Jello, thank you again. Go for- Dodgers. <laughs>
<laughs> thank you again for you know coming on. Um, thank you for you know serving our community. Um, like I said, you know, I I knew you uh, you know as a little kid in the Spichoneras, um, and I always saw you as somebody that was, was approachable, somebody that you know uh, was part of the community. Um, and I think that you know, um, hopefully we get somebody like you, you know, to replace you because um, I think being part of the community is is a huge. Uh, part of serving the community well um and you know they're like i said there's haters out there because uh they don't agree with you with 100 but you know i don't agree with you in a lot of things 100 and you know i just know that at the end of the day you're a good person Thank and you. and you know you look out for the community when you know all these years you served as a police officer you you looked out for the best of the of calexico and um yeah you know i appreciate it and I wish you well in your retirement and whatever part-time job you get. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you can be a bartender here or something, you know. Oh, no. I, I think <laughs> I'm trying to laugh drinking beer, so I, I think it's you, throwing me here would be a mistake. Can you, maybe you can become a, a, a whiskey, uh, brew whiskey. Yeah, whiskey connoisseur. Yeah. No, I'll become an Uber driver. Take all you guys. That way <laughs> nobody gets a drunk driving or gets in an accident. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, all the, you know all the shortcuts as well, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Shadow, right. we'll thank Thank you once again. Um, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. It. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, stay safe. And we'll see you in the next one. And if it, if I don't see you till uh, 2022, have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll do some interviews in, in the week. Um, but I don't know. I'll, probably, I'll, be, I'll be working a little bit. But um, I'll have some time in the afternoons. And I do want to talk to, I have people on the list that I want to talk to before the end of the year. So um, I'm hoping this is not the last episode of 2021. But if not, have a happy, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. All right, guys. Peace. Damn.